something I composed after getting out of the hospital. At 3 a.m. every morning, they would take blood, whether you're sleeping or not. They're looking for blood every day. Greetings in the name of the Most High. Uh, here we are. Things sound better, and I think it's—is it? Can I hear something out here? No, I've got my. Uh, oh dear, what happened to my? Oh, I've been using these headphones for like uh, a good five, six years. I don't know how long. Maybe ten years, and they're um, fantastic. Uh, what are they called? Audio Technica. They're the studio headphones they have. Not expensive. I highly recommend them. They're, I, I, I use them for pleasure listening. I also have some uh, Grado um, made in Brooklyn, you know, handmade uh, headphones from old school, uh, open, open ear. And I, I, I think these are maybe just as accurate for a lot less money. So Audio Technica. I think it's called the X50 or 50X or something. It's got 50 in it. So just for anybody that's looking to, to produce, uh, it sure does not cost a lot to have 
a laptop, an interface, a, you know, a couple of speakers and some headphones. Uh, it, it, you know, the see that's where the the rubber meets the road, though. You know, who are you? What are your ideas? You know, what kind of person are you? What kind of composer are you? Are you going to? Uh, I have the pleasure of working with, and I, I play them occasionally here, but I've, I don't know if I've got anything here to to play today. I've got to, I have to stream it from from his site, and that is um, uh, uh, Colin McGinnis, the, the, our composer for Girl Next, and Quantum Devil, and the Dark Side of Society. I mean, it's uh, we just can't seem to get enough. Do I have reverb on this? It's, it sounds like I do. Is there effects on this mixer? It, it seems like I've got, I've got, I'm basically bouncing the mix into the uh, headphone, um, had the headphone channel and I've muted the, uh, I muted the main channel so that, but you're getting a much clearer signal from me, aren't you? Let me turn this up. So what happens when I turn that up? Nothing. Yet it's, it's coming out of that channel. I see. Well, anyway, I've got uh, the program I have is Total Mix, and the interface I use is a Babyface Pro, an old one, and uh, by RME, which I think is the best interfaces you can get. And uh, I had another one, a bigger one. Um, I, may, I may have to revive that because I'm going to see if I can compose on a MacBook Air, which is my favorite for writing. But I think I can. I think I can do uh, like GarageBand, Pro Tools. You know, I mean, it takes a lot of space. I have to have a disc. I've got to gather the instruments. That's the hardest thing. I've got, uh, it takes like hundreds of hours to download these instruments. Each one is like two, three, four gigs, you know, for if you want strings. But the samples are amazing, you know, that, that uh, in fact, only the like the biggest movies now do the live uh, scoring live. Usually now it's just all the, the 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 well, you know, with AI and everything, the the the, uh, the samples are so good. You're talking about like the Vienna Philharmonic and things like that. You can you can just uh, go to town, but you need a lot of power to do it. Um, but again, a guy with just a garage band and nothing else can 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 uh, can produce a hit record. Or, or one of my favorites, Reason. Reason takes up almost no space, and I got to get back. I, I forgot all about how to do Re Reason's very, very much a studio, a virtual studio. It's it's got uh, routing, every kind of routing you can do, synth routing. Um, you know, you can route, uh, you can you can endlessly route in the in the back back end of all, all the. Uh, the uh, the uh, the boxes, the reverbs, and the channels, and the different things have uh, routing capabilities. So you can you can uh, link channels together. You can um, you can separate everything out. Uh, you can separate it out to separate channels in your own uh, mixer. What I do is in something like Reason, I compose because it's I'm looking for something that's 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 just creative, where I don't have to worry about technical to create, and. Um, then when it's at a certain point, it doesn't have to be polished because sometimes unpolished, you know, it's like my door here. I have a front door. I've been, I've been kind of, you know, patching up that, you know, doing a few things around the house. 
and um, you know, uh, uh, just a little work here and there, kind of working on details and you know, making it uh, cozy because <laughs> this is where I, this is where it's going to end for me, you know. So if if there's you know my bucket list is well there are things I was going to do and I never did and I'm trying to you know catch up now. One of those things though is they have these doors here which are kind of kind of a you know it's a faux rough hewn but they're they're pretty nice in a way you know with the way they look they're they're but they're they're rustic and this is kind of like a pueblo rustic santa fe kind of house thing we got going here um but it's really our own thing well okay so they're staying dark you know dark you know you can see the grain of the wood and everything but it's real dark and so i'm um so to the front door I always thought I would go get, I would eventually put antique doors there, you know what I mean? And then have them fashioned into what would fit. But now I'm looking at this door and I'm saying, you know what? Give me a chisel and a, and a you know, uh, a sander, some steel wool sanding, some, uh, you know, some, some rough sanding, some fine sanding, and then a sealer. And I think I could definitely uh, make that, that door what it really is, what it should be, which is just a, a weathered door you know, and, um, have all the, uh, charm of something else. So it's like, you know, making a work of art out of it, out of sanding, out of distressing it. And it doesn't cost me, I mean, it costs nothing. It's, it's labor, but, um, you know, it's something I can do that there are just things like that you can do around your home that you really, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can start painting the things you have, you know, paint your radio. You know, there's, you know, to make it your own. Why, why do I want to do that? Because it um, creates a, a warm feeling of familiarity that you put your mark on, um, on you know, where you live. And, and, and uh, with 3D printing, guys, I, I have found, it, it's amazing what I've found. I have found... Um, you know, ways of doing like wooden walls and f floors and this and that for nothing. I mean, for just, uh, you know, especially walls and ceilings uh, with materials that, you know, with textures that are, would be exorbitantly expensive and, and only in the finest homes. And now with 3D printing, it's a fraction, it's pennies on the dollar. And you can do like what I've done in here is a copper ceiling and the, uh, kitchen it just looks it just gives such an a, you know um inspired atmosphere you know what i mean it gives this little cozy atmosphere some industrial lighting and all of a sudden i'm like wow i feel that that old familiar thing well those i mean i tell you about it i mean i don't tell people that walk in here about it because it just to, to them it looks like a, a a copper ceiling but it's it's not it's a it's a, th a printed thing it's terrific um, it's the kind of stuff that like prop people in films, you know what I mean? They're used to using all kinds of materials to make props. It's, it's like we've, we've been given that with the 3d printing. And that also includes, I've seen acoustic, the wood slats and it's not exactly real that, that you put on the wall and it gives this beautiful modern wood slat look, but they had also functions as an acoustic sound blocker. So, you know, it, 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 it's amazing. And uh, it does take a little bit of skill, you know, cutting and, you know, fastening them onto the wall and, and uh, the right um, 
screws or whatever, or, or if you have ones that have a glued back that you have the right glue. But you end up with these wood wood walls as opposed to paint. And I've noticed that in, in a lot of design now, more and more people are going without paint and without plaster. And it's going with, with harder materials. And so what I like is I like the, the, the slat wood look on the walls. Um, I like rocks. When I, you know, I did one bathroom here and um, um, I put up a tongue and, well, what's on the ceiling here is like there's vegas, which are the big round logs. And then, you know, that you see in Santa Fe. And then there's like a wood ceiling that is all like tongue and groove uh, wood, you know. And it's a, it's a tongue. It's not like paneling, like tongue and groove paneling. It's, it's a, a very nice wood. It's like, I think it's a half inch, maybe, maybe three quarters. And so I went and got that lumber to, to put in the, in the bathroom to do that down the, you know, to the, the, the walls and the ceiling and to, and to frame in a bathtub. And you just, it doesn't quite, it's, I need to get in there with a sander or something. And it's all just so, um, you know, you know, kind of thick with, you know, with a dark stain and it, it's really, uh, it's, it's good. It's good, but it's, it's, it's not finished. And what's wrong with it? Well, what's wrong with it? It's it's just it's. First of all, it was a lot more money to buy wood, but I didn't know about this whole this 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 whole world of uh, of you know of uh, materials out there, and um, so I just find that very interesting with technology today. I mean, what you can do. It's kind of like AI, you know. Making it so that you can you can hire actors that uh, you don't need to hire. You can do like like I've seen them do uh, Jim Morrison, and I've seen them do um, quite a few people with the AI. And then of course this modern printing. And uh, you, you have to think to yourself: look at these advancements. You know, look at this. Uh, you know, look at this uh, economic boom here. That you know that people you know can you can do your apartment. You know, a little studio apartment and just really, you know, knock it out and have some. And why is that important to have your environment reflect you, even if, you know, you do all, all the work yourself, it's all hand done and you source your materials even, even from nature. It's important because I think, you know, we need to be, we need to create sacred space to be in. And I, I think I need that to be able to, um, I don't know. It's just an instinct, but I think it's it's to have that so that there's a familiarity, so that you're, so that you're, you know, you're home when you're home, and not thinking about some other place or somewhere else, or thinking of the memories when you were comfortable when you were younger and and all that. It's just it's somehow the things that you have around you, and they could be inanimate objects. But they remind you of home. Like for me, it's like maybe some instruments or some. You know, I've got old analog gear that's some of it's starting to get you know need repair and stuff. And and uh, you know I'm not going to upgrade to to digital or whatever. But that just makes me feel. And it's a lot of radio. It's, it's a lot of heat too. You know, it's all turned on. I have to have air conditioning to tone it down. But I mean, it's it's something that gives me that creative feeling because it's the, these these things that I had selected so many years ago uh, were things that were dear and near to me and my idea of sound. 
and um so it helps you know and if you're you know, you know even even if you're in a tent you know there's the guy that kind of gathers a few pine cones and <laughs> gets it the way you know does some rocks and fire pit and gets it the way he likes it and then there's a the guy who's just like you know random and doesn't do anything and i've always admired people that kind of made it their own you know for what it's worth you know and and like i say it, it you know does it help well it helps me with depression because i get so depressed i want to kill myself at times and I, it's not like you know based on logic it's just based on um you know, it's not even, it's not based on anything. I've, I'm going to have to take a break here and I will be right back and, uh, you know, keep uh, chatting. We're going to get into, uh, the baby club, the billionaire baby club, uh, going to be an important topic and the haves versus the have nots in our society and where we are today and how we're being played. So I'm going to, I need to put something, I'm going to have to put this on for now and I'll be right back.
Okay. Alright. <laughs> okay, so I've digressed now for twenty three minutes. And um, you know, the topic is the uh the billionaire baby club. And what I mean by baby is uh when you have so much money that it's you know, that you're just pretty much the idle rich. As they say, Satan, hey there's a Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, Satan, basically, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, plays with the idle hands, you know. And so they gonna, they're going to devolve into evil. And the other thing is, to be accepted socially, the other guy has already been to Epstein Island. He's already... Uh, been to the WEF meetings. He's already been to the Bilderbergers. And so you have to conform or else you're going to be an outsider and then not part of what's of what's going on. And so, you know, then, you know, then you find out, most of these people don't even know this, but most of the people that are members of all this around the world, and especially the minions who think they're members, but you guys will never be members. <laughs> they will kill you eventually, you know, because... It's like the frog that took the snake on its back across the river, you know, and then, and then the snake eventually bites the frog. It's like, because that's what we do. Uh, they eventually bite their minions because that's what they do. That's what uh, they've done throughout millennia and millennia and millennia. They turn on those people that uh, put them in power so they don't have a challenge. They're not billionaires. They're not in the club. They're dutiful servants 
And they feel powerful because they think they're in the club serving the Larry Finks of the world, serving the Bill Gateses, serving the, you know, the uh, treacherous news media and the uh, traitors in the White House and the blah, 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 you know, on and on and the UN and, the, and, the, and, the, and all the, uh, you know, gangsters around the world. And they think that they're, um, they're going to have a seat at that table. You know, if they, if they arrange, you know, the burning down of Maui, which was a complete hit. Now, let me straighten this out. Alex Jones went on and on the other day about uh, how the brush is not cleared from those lines. That has nothing to do with this fire because most of the, uh, like, explosions and things you'd see had nothing to do with power lines. You know, and, and we're away from the, the ones he's describing are on the highway leading into Lahaina along the road there. And I'm sorry, but it's, you know, a lot of that is not overgrown. It comes over the hill. You can see the power lines coming down from the little mountain. You know, there's a tunnel that you go through as you turn the corner to, onto, into West Maui, and then you go up uh, the highway. It's a two-lane highway. Um, you know, and then eventually you roll into Lahaina. And the thing is, is that and if what he's saying is true, then there should have been a lot more fires all over the place. But the, the plan was to knock down, what was that? To knock down um, a Lahaina for the uh, real estate. And, you know, this is a typical billionaire baby club thing. They, you know, you get to the point with that much, you know, the idle rich, they don't care about people. I mean, you become immune to, you know, to caring about anyone. You might care about your children or your friends in the club, at the golf club or on, uh, at the, at the uh, private jet club or whatever it is. But, you know, you, you develop disdain for the little people, people that are not in your bracket of income or money, it, are, you know, so you disdain them. And then eventually it's like, well, we have too many people here. Without all these people, we'd have a really fun planet. It'd be awesome. And really, that's the thing that gets them going. They don't care about the planet, or, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the health of the planet, because they want to get rid of carbon, which means they're just basically against the creation itself. So, and they're just being, you know, babies. You know, I don't like God. Let's get rid of God and all those people that follow God. Let's do what Albert Pike said and get rid of the, you know, the Masons, you know, get, I'm not, the, I'm sorry, not the, the Muslims, you know, versus the Christians and the Jews, and then we'll have a nice planet dedicated to Lucifer. That's the real God. And so deep down, that's what they think. And then deeper down, you know, it devolves into cannibalism, which I said that's the end of the rainbow. Uh, that's where it goes, and you know, things like. Um, you know, poop baths and blood baths. Um, there was once a really horrific scene in one of the hostile movies by um, Eli Roth. And it was a bloodbath scene of, a, of a, a guy that's being, you know, like on a pendulum over a blade being lowered, lower and lower. And underneath that was a woman, a naked woman in a bathtub waiting for her bloodbath. This is not fiction, I don't know where he got that, that idea of hostile where people pay 100000 or more for an American to carve them up with a chainsaw. But this is very real. This goes on. Now, how did he know about that? He probably read about it somewhere, maybe. Um, I'm not sure that he's, you know, he's uh, in the club himself and just kind of posing as a film director. And, a, um, you know, and he's a good actor as well. He's just all around talented. But... Um, how did he know that? 
that whole hostel series. How did he know all that? <laughs> but because that's what the elites do. I mean, they have. Um, you just saw a display of the billionaire baby club in uh, with uh, Richard Branson and going up in his uh, you know little space space uh, his little tin can for uh, you know a couple of minutes. And they pay up to $450,000 for that, you know, 10 minutes of uh, weightlessness. And you think, God, what a weight. I mean, that just sounds insane. And it, but, you know, and then they're on the yacht. You know, Steven Spielberg has a, uh, another billionaire. He's got, uh, as I understand it, a, meg- a mega yacht beyond mega yachts, like 550 feet long. That's making one of the biggest yachts in the world. That's huge. You know, helicopters, you know, tinder boats. Jet skis, you know, the, the works. And just to run something like that takes a huge crew that has to be hired, you know what I mean? He, has, he sits out there with his friends and just hangs out, you know, with the, with the beautiful people. And, you know, they cook up what they want to do. That, what do you think they're doing on that boat? They're conjuring up what they want to do to the planet, and they're going to make people comply. And that's how billionaires get. They become babies, meaning a baby, like, I want what I want. I'm not going to work through any channels. I'm just going to buy my way through. I'm just going to force it, says Larry Fink. I'm just going to force it, says Larry Ellison. I'm going to just buy Lanai. I'm going to force those people at the Ritz-Carlton to work for me. Okay, so now they're saying the government is buying up all the property. They just announced it on the news. You know, it's not the government. It's the billionaire baby class. They're going to buy it up, and they're going to build work camps for uh, local Hawaiians. Hawaiians who have lived there for generations, who've had their shops there, who have had their lives there. Lahaina is a big, a big center of Hawaiian islands. Uh, it's a very, very rich history, a very proud history, and they're going to do this thing in their image. Oh, they'll have a museum for the Hawaiians, and they'll have a tribute to, you know, King Kamehameha or whatever they, you know, you know what I'm saying. They'll do all that. They'll get the surfers who are, who are mainly, you know, believing. You know, they're, 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 they, they hook up with the left because they believe in. You know, we have to fix the environment so they're into the whole global climate change, all that stuff. And so they believe all that. Most of them, most of the the surfers you see are in that uh, camp, you know, in the Silicon Valley camp, whatever. They're not not rebels. They're not rebels at all. They who work for Volcom and... uh, uh, Billabong and uh, all those companies, all those surf contests, they're, 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 they're trying to get up there in the billionaire class themselves. You know, people like Kelly Slater and all that, they're pushing to get uh, surfing to be a big competitive sport. And where the real purist, they look at the competition, they go, what the heck is that? That's, you've ruined surfing. Yeah, of course they have. And then they, get in, they become activists and they align with Obama because Obama's Hawaiian. And Obama is basically give donations uh, so that they can, you know, buy up the land and then dictate what Lahaina is going to, what the future is going to be. And these people are not fit; that they don't understand spiritually what it means to be there. A guy like Obama doesn't know anything. He comes from pornography. He comes from CIA. He's a CIA baby that went to Punahou, the most exclusive prep school in the world, at least the most expensive. How do you get that money? Oh well. You know, there, Occidental, Columbia, and then Harvard, mm-hmm. and then uh, groomed, and then, uh, 
you know, as president, you know, you know, pushing through the new world order and even ruling over the, the they all kind of, you know, bow down to him uh, who got fabulously rich in as president. I mean, amazing. I mean, Biden got the poor man of the uh, Senate that Joe Biden gets in as a vice president. He becomes fabulously rich and buys many multi-million dollar homes. And, and basically all he can think of all day long is climate lockdowns. Uh, forcing people to have vaccines and killing lots of people. I mean, that's what he seems to get off on. Well, that's, you know, he's just echoing his boss, Obama, who's who's really working for Valerie Jarrett, who's really then working for, you know, the typical globalist. But, I mean, Obama has a, a particular role to play, uh, quarterbacking this this whole thing through. And it's all backfiring on him because he is, like the rest of them, dumb, Really dumb. And and uh, Michelle, Big Mike, whatever, he's dumb too. They're both stupid to think they can uh, pull this thing off against God, you know. And uh, it is, don't make no mistake, it's against God. But see, you're in the way. So it's more something like that. But yeah, they have plans in getting rid of, you know, 5 billion people more. You know, every, you know, the, the, the Georgia Guidestones, you know, get rid of everything but 500 million. So that'd be like get rid of 7 billion people. You know, to, to satisfy these babies. Oprah's another baby. So from these babies, you don't go to them and go to them for wisdom. Larry Fink has no wisdom. None. Zero. All he knows is bludgeoning you into compliance and using his money to bludgeon you because he just wants that, because he's a baby. So he buys it because he's a baby. And, you know, these babies, they end up with all these needs of being pampered, of being, you know, perversions, you know, with uh, prostitutes, and and they get involved in child abuse and child trafficking, and they have orgy clubs with kids, and, you know, they have their sacrifices, and, you know, one of the big ones would be the nuclear bomb sacrifice. Well, Lahaina was a big sacrifice. It was on 8-8, and so they were... um, Basically, the problem with Hawaii is that the elders, you know, there's gangs, there's, you know, Hawaiians that are in gangs, and these gangs are beholden to the billionaire baby club, so they're babies too. And basically, they they sold their own people out. And that's why when Tulsi Gabbard got on the air with um, uh, Laura Ingram the other night, and that was fascinating, if you haven't seen that, you should take a look at that, that's on on YouTube, Uh, she looked completely traumatized. And I know what that look means. That look means that uh, it's so much I can't talk about it. She's having trouble processing just how big and evil this thing is. And her eyes, uh, she's totally, totally fucked up. I mean, really, really, I felt so sorry for her. She was out of business. I mean, you can forget about her being anything in government or an influencer or anything. Her whole paradigm was shattered at the betrayal of Hawaiians selling out Hawaiians. Up aligning with Bill Gates, aligning with the, 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 uh, the climate change fiasco, which is just basically a way to force bludgeon uh, Jimmy in, you know, their uh, vaunted uh, global order. You know, one world government run by, you know, the WEF or whoever, you know what I mean, the UN or whatever. And, um, you know, enforce pedophilia, enforce human trafficking, you know, have all that be enforced. You know, you taxed even. 
And, um, you know, these people, there's no end. They, they have lost their empathy for others. And that includes the top performers that, that so many people flock to. They go, I can't wait till Lady Maria Bartiromo is saying, I can't wait till Lady Gaga has another concert. I just can't wait. And why would that be? Admittedly, she's a good singer, but there's some kind of a power she must have over Maria Bartiromo. Maria's not quite free, is she? Not quite free. She just wants to reform it from the inside. And that's never going to work. A little bit of evil, you know, a little bit of corruption ends up being a big bit of corruption. You know, it's really just always a tip of the iceberg because people are weak and they're going to sell out and they're just going to wait for the right moment. And then if they don't, their friends will mock them and go, hey, you had your chance. Look at that. And you blew it. You could have been loved, having attaboys all day long, gotten into political circles. You could have gotten into entertainment. So you could have done anything, you know, and all it took was just being raised right and understanding the way the world works. And then you could have uh, made it your oyster. I love when people say that. Make the world your oyster. It's like, how, how blasphemous do you want to get? You know what I mean? Make yourself into a girl. Make yourself into an animal. Make yourself into a chimera. Make yourself into, cut your legs off. Become a digital NPC character. Make yourself into euthanasia. Make yourself into whatever the fuck you want, billionaire, baby, stupid. Yes, and the mind goes. The mind, with the more money that comes in, the more the, more the mind goes. So these people get worshipped for their, all their worldly wisdom. And, and, oh, what do you think, Larry Fink? Well, I think that, you know, these corporations, sometimes we have to force behaviors, he says. Force. What does that mean when he says force behaviors? That means enforce, in enforce wokeism. Uh, what's the name? Pavlov, uh, the, the Polish uh, minister evangelist in uh, Canada, facing 10 years in prison, even in solitary confinement, because of he, he wouldn't stand down. For this fake COVID lockdown, he was, uh, he was taking care of the needs of the poor and the needs of the people who needed to worship. And for that, he's looking at 10 years and what is wrong with Canada? You can't let that guy go to jail. You need people that are going to defend that. So when they come, you, you know, that you just can't have bullies showing up and hauling people off all day long. You can't have 20, 30 billion, you know, million people killed going up to a billion from, you know, the jab. At, at, and you warn people and, and they, they just keep coming. Right now at the hospital that I was in, they tried to force me to take the jab. They, they were, I said, why don't you take the jab? Are you vaccinated? I said, no, it's poison. And they looked at me like, oh, some kind of a right-wing heathen. I'm like, right-wing? I'm not right-wing. If anything, I'd be considered a radical leftist on some of my views like burn down the rich <laughs> yeah when i wrote uh, the first uh, draft of society my attitude then is you know is obviously having to go show through black comedy how ridiculous these characters are but i funneled my anger my anger was like burn down beverly hills you know what i mean into that screenplay and then that, that, that kernel of, of energy, whatever, that soul of that screenplay lived on and other people caught it and they ran with it and it became what it became. But it, it's because it had something real in it. That's why it 
big game called hit because certainly it had lousy acting in it at times. It had, uh, you know, goofy moments that later were considered genius, but they were goofy at the time. Characters were lost completely. You know, we had characters that were uh, like the Clarissa character. We had, uh, you know, a really good actress ready to play that. And they opted to go with Sylvester Stallone's girlfriend at the time who couldn't act. And uh, so we lost reams of dialogue from that. Reams. You want to hear the real story. The real story is, you know, and then, and then of course, it got on the world stage and it failed. But then it got picked up. It started gaining momentum in England and in Europe because it poked at the rich. And the people will, will forgive everything if you poke at the rich. But, you know, but who better to write something like that than me? I'm the best candidate in the whole world to write that because I literally came from, you know, the, the, the people who made the world that you see today, you know, from that, from that class, from that elite class we're talking about, from that billionaire baby club. Oh, you don't have to have a billion dollars. You just have to be powerful. Power is more important than money in those circles. I told you this. When I got sideswiped by a car on Palm Drive, and we had, we had a uh, house on Palm Drive, I think it was like 710 Palm Drive. So it was just down from Sunset, and then you know, I was heading on my bike down toward Santa Monica, and I, I guess I, was, I got too far in the left lane. I got sideswiped and um, taken to the hospital, and then, and then when I got out of there, I heard that my grandfather had made a phone call to eliminate this kind of thing from, we can't have this in Beverly Hills. You know what I mean? The next thing I know, there were stop signs on every corner. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of new stop signs everywhere. So that from that point, because before you could sail through, you know, those side streets, you, you, there was no stop sign. So you could go turn right on Palm, let's say off Sunset, or turn left on the Palm. You could head straight down to, that goes uh, to the... Uh, uh, Santa Monica, and then there's a crossing to Beverly Boulevard. That's where Beverly Boulevard starts. So you could, that was a shortcut for a lot of people getting down to Mid-Wilshire and stuff, you know, that worked down there. And there were no stop signs. So people would speed, uh, obviously. And probably the stop signs were probably a good thing. and probably save lives. But uh, have one, one, one guy makes one phone call, and they're all, they're all up like the next, you know, two days later. <laughs> It's just, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, that's power. Now, forget the Beverly Hills, uh, you, you know, what is it? Uh, um, what was it? The Beverly Hills, uh, you know, legislature. <laughs> no need to consult them. You know, go ahead and spend the taxpayer money, but no need for a vote. <laughs> and so that's how, on a, that's a small little fun kind of story about a much bigger problem. And that is a problem, being able to make a phone call and put the stop signs up. I was, I've been embarrassed about that from day one. That's embarrassing. That's, that's, a, that's um, a sick guy, my grandfather. You know, a sick man. A man that's just driven by ambition and has lost his ability to, you know, to, uh, to be a person, to think of how other people might feel or to think there should be a democratic process involved. You know, once you get to that point, then don't you see how you can go from there to making a phone call? Yeah, kill them all. We need that land in Lahaina. Okay, bye. Call me when it's done. Thanks. Right? Same thing. Same thing. 
Same thing. And, you know, now there are so many billionaires, so many people in this club, because, you know, it's not just they wouldn't have the billion if they didn't bow down to Satan first and be initiated through their Masonic lodges and their, right, through, through their secret societies, you know, through their fraternities, especially, through their connections at the golf club and the right clubs, the right this, the right that. And that can then, you play your cards right, that can lead to the money. But by that point, you have no soul. Now, my, my case, my grandfather, he got his soul back, you know, um, when he finally retired from, uh, from uh, his, his uh, being chairman of this insurance company, you know, Marsh McLennan, big, big, big wig, big mucky muck. Uh, the phone quit ringing. People quit asking because everybody in, in L.A. would ask his advice, you know, Walt Disney and Bob Hope, people like that he'd be talking to about, well, what are we going to do with L.A.? And, of course, you can see the influence that he and all these people, all these people, all these influential people, all these uh, elites in L.A., they destroyed it. L.A. turned into a, 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 a uh, disgusting sprawl of, you know, something that can't be policed, and so gangs have run wild and crime has run wild. And, and that's what uh, these, the, the rich created. Sprawl. Um, so how do you think they're going to run a new world order if they can't even make a city? Because that was all them. That's not the, the people voting. You know what I mean? That's, that's the, the rich getting together and deciding, well, this is what Beverly Hills will be. This is what Westwood will be. This is what you know, West L.A. is. And then over here, we're going to put all the... Uh, you know, all the black people and the brown people down here in South Central L.A., you know what I mean? Here's the, right, here's the Indian reservation. And, and, they, and they start right in to, to doing the same sins they did before. So I was like, you know, burn it down. So I, I could, I t- totally sympathize with, um, you know, people rioting. I've, I made, you know, I don't, I made fun of it because it, it's what George Soros wanted. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think he's dead now, even though, He's not officially dead. I think he's passed on. Well, I don't know that from the news. I just that's a that's a premonition. And if he isn't, he will. They will announce it at some point. He wouldn't have transferred all the power to uh, his son Alex unless he had, you know, was pretty much on his deathbed. So. Okay, so I've looked at this thing from every angle. I mean, you know, I had trouble. Like, I mean, you know, just just something like going to the front of the line because you had in a movie line, and some of the lines were. I mean, you used to, the movies used to be in the, the the thing. You know, I mean, we'd wait in line for hours and hours. I get to the end of the Exorcist. I mean, we there was a line all the way around the block, and then some, and then it went around again. Indiana Jones, all that for these big screen theaters with these superb sound systems. People would just, you know, movies were the thing, and then people go out to dinner, they talk about it. They, it was a whole different environment. They read books. They read books about the making of the movie. You know, it's just a whole culture that's gone now. I don't know what there is in its place. There's, there's, you know, mindless entertainment on Netflix, and every once in a while there's a good movie or documentary, but it's, you've got to really search through to, to find it, which is a lot of wasted time, which I hate. Because the people at Netflix have no discernment. They just throw anything up there. Whatever the agents or managers of famous people say to them, whatever the billionaire baby class dictates to them, that's what they do. Right? So that's why you don't get superb entertainment. You don't get, you know, you don't get that engagement 
that we all use because they don't want you thinking. They don't want movies that are going to provoke you like, you know, like movies like Network. That's the last thing they want you to see. And if, if you think you've seen dialogue in any movie, go watch that one. Some of the best dialogue you're ever going to see in your life. And it's still completely relevant today. Look at Peter Finch and Network. Uh, you know, I'm mad as hell I'm not going to take it anymore. And then look at Ned Beatty's, uh, you know, you know um, almost a soliloquy talking to Peter Finch about the, uh, the way of the world and that you don't want to upset the apple cart and that the world is not really countries anymore. It's corporations. This was spoken way back in 1970, whenever it was, right, right in that era. Faye Dunaway, you know, William Holden, you know, just ridiculous, a ridiculously... If people saw something like that today, I think they would flip out. They wouldn't understand, what, what, why, where'd this come from? But they are trained not to look at the classic films. They're trained not to look backwards in time. so you wonder where this is going to go. And so that's where I come in. See, the most, the, I don't care. See, I don't care how many people are in the chat room, whatever. I don't, the, the whole thing is that when there's predictions going to be made here, and then they're accurate, and people, like, as, as my friend Richard Keltner says, if you're accurate, they reject you. If you just prophesy out of your ass, they, uh, they embrace you, they love you, they'll put you on television, they'll do the whole bit. And that's, that's held true. I, you know what I mean? Just look at the Christian stations when they roll the prophets out. I see a big revival. <laughs> Coming before, you know, on the heels of COVID, I see that by 2022, there'll be a huge, a movement of God like we've never seen. And, you know, you know, you know woe be the people who, uh, you know, who are preaching, you know, peace and safety because their day is coming. And God hates that. And peace and safety, you know, do you think that it, if the Lord returns, if God makes a move in any way, do you think that you don't, you don't think these, uh, all these fires and all this death is a movement of God? Using the, the stupid babies, the, the little billionaire babies to do God's bidding and you think that's just all, oh, God's just being held hostage and we're just all victims and we just have to watch and weep while we all get killed. Really? Is that what you really think? Well, then they got you. Then they won. Then you're, you lost. Don't expect some deus ex machina miracle from the sky to save you. It won't. Guaranteed. Nobody's coming to rescue you. Understand that. You're going to have to become self-reliant. You know, your own thoughts, your own prayers, your own notions. And of course, if it has to do with prophecy, you've got to check it with the Lord. Maybe, you know, with a lot of people, it's like uh, someone makes a prediction of gloom and doom or whatever, which, you know, pretty typical. It's like the Lord will just say, don't pay attention to that. Now, that's not for you. That may be a word for other people, but that's not for you. Because the Lord's using TBN and all that to, to, to try to inch these little people along who say they want the Lord but are too afraid to uh, rebel, you know? Because to follow the Lord means to rebel and to, to undergo rejection and to undergo, um, you, know, uh, you know, what I would say is unfair persecution. And also a lot of that persecution comes from the air. A lot of things just go wrong in a row, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I was, you know, 
driving this bus back from Florida, I mean, it had one, it had like a thousand whammies on it. It just kept every other second to the point where Larry Wade Carroll was saying, I can't believe one more thing happened. I'm saying, this is supernatural. And then I'm in the hospital fighting for my life. It's all, and it, you know, it's just been one punishment after another. You know, I mean, when you're at death's door and you're, that's about it, that's a, that's a, you know, Lord, what have I done? And it's like, well, no, it's, I want to show you the hospital, son. I want you to prophesy against that. And what's the form of prophecy? Writing a, a fictional novel. Okay, I'm doing it for you, Lord. We'll get to the bottom of this. And it's so funny how that, that book is, you know, it's kind of stalled right now, chapter 10, but it's like, it's so funny how it's sort of emulating, you know, the, the, the story becomes like an allegory, like a little mini version of what's going on in the world with organ harvesting. It's, you know, satanic ritual, dismember someone, but don't throw the organs away, and by all means, don't eat them. They're worth a lot of money. But dress up in your witchy costumes be nurses in the hospital filled with, I don't, I, is there a hospital without witches? I don't think so. And if there are some witches and there aren't others, eventually they'll all be part of the coven. And they think they hold all the power. They think they control the doctors. Because why they can write in your chart, oh, well, Zeph was saying this, Zeph is that, Zeph is, and they come in and they go, oh, well, you need more medicine, you need more, you need tranquilizers, you need, you need help, you need the psych ward, buddy. So it's, um, you know, corrupt everywhere you look. And truly, if you look at the world and you look at the United States, you look at Washington, D.C., you would say Satan owns the United States and always has, at least since that obelisk was built. And then the Oval Office, the vagina, and then the, the uh, reflecting pool, the, uh, you know, that reflects to the, uh, the, 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 the Orion's belt. Orion to Orion and Sirius and all that, you know. In other words, made in the image of the uh, those who think they are the masters, who who are uh, conjured and listened to and obeyed by the elites, and who have a ta- and we know who they are. They're the fallen angels, of course. They're the, they're the, they're in the Book of Enoch. It, you can read all about them, but please don't call them aliens. You know, they make creatures for them to occupy so they can interface with 3D space and time, which they couldn't do if they didn't do that. They'd be invisible. Capicia. So, you know, the prediction is, of course, Maui went so well. You know, even the, the backlash, even Alex Jones was apologizing, saying, you know, they didn't cut those trees back, so it was very much a natural occurrence that they stoked the fire of, and when this... Uh, this uh, fake hurricane, this 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 out of nowhere, once in a once in a lifetime hurricane came through, which we can blame on global warming. You know, he didn't say that, but he said, you know, then then they took advantage of they turned the water off. Yes, they did, and they used Mother Nature to do it. And, and I'm saying, well, they used Mother Nature too, but the beginning of it was um, uh, a bo- fire bomb, fire bombing, you know, start a fire starting. You know, did they uh, did they know there would be the wind? Yeah, of course. When when have you seen a hurricane without rain? Mm. When did you see the the wind blowing westward off the mountain, out to sea in Maui? You know, so it would, like, like uh, the Santa Ana winds of Southern California. Oh well, I've no, you've never seen that because it's never really happened. 
And what's that global warming, you know, that uh, climate change getting out of control? Right, the, the climate change of the Baby Billionaire Club. The Billionaire, I like Baby Billionaire Club. Baby, Billionaire Babies Club. Larry Fink is really kind of heading it up right now because he's got the most uh, marbles, dollars. He controls the most wealth, so I guess he's the king. Forcing wokeism everywhere he goes, which is ultimately euthanasia and suicide, which is basically uh, um, you know catching on now as a concept. Euthanasia is the uh, there's a trans uh, guy woman that went through the trans surgery. It was so painful. I think they wanted to commit suicide, so they were they were seeking euthanasia to do it legally. So this is going to become a very very prominent thing in our society. You know, euthanasia, and I, I don't know when they're going to bring out the cannibalism. I think next is the pedophilia uh, enforced. In other words, if a child is told they have to, uh, you know, they want to have sex with them, being the, the, there's no free will here because a child doesn't have rights till they're 18, so they have to do what they're told. And that's, that's what the NAMLA people want. And they, they're, you know, the reason they want to bring it out is because everybody at the UN is into it. Everybody at the WEF is into it. Obama's a big time into hot dogs. You know, he's the hot dog man. So they're all into it. You know, the Kurt Cobain prophecy comes true. And what can I say? Everyone is gay. You know, it's basically, you know, it's, it's the gay children thing. You know, it's the, it's the men wanting to defile boys to, to, to ruin their uh, innocence and then bring them up in their own image. And to make sure they never repent. That that they're they, they they have to fight for acceptance and human rights. I mean, Satan's got to fight for human rights of perver- perverts and abominations. Yeah, they have rights too. And so it goes on and on and on and on, enforced by the billionaire baby club because they're babies, and when they want it, wah wah wah, they make a phone call, and all the stop signs going to Beverly Hills the next day. What about the the uh, city legislature? What about the uh, yeah? Okay. Maybe I don't want to pay for that with my tax dollars. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, the guy that runs stuff, he's called it in. You're, you, you've got no say. But we won't tell you that. We'll just put the stop signs up. Embarrassing, huh? Very embarrassing. I, I just think it's, um, it's just, it, 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 again, you know, once you get to that point of power, you're just going to make shameless displays for that power. And once you start going into the dark side, into perversion, then you're going to want to enforce that perversion, make that the norm, you know, make the opposite, you know, what was hidden, you know, the, you know, out in the open, like kind of like Stephen King's uh, The Stand, where Las Vegas had, you know, Satan openly ruling, you know, and I'm you know, doing sacrifices in the public square. Of course, they got to have murder, real murder on TV, because that traumatizes people, you know, you watch a guy get his head blown off with a shotgun, something like that. You know, why do it in the movies anymore? It's going to have to be real. And there's no, I mean, I could go on and list examples, but there's no, there's really no end to it. Somebody told me that, um, I made a statement that I like horror just the same as I like reality. Well, horror is reality. Reality is horror. So it's just, you know, and how much do I like it? Well, I don't like it. I don't like their version of reality as horror. My version of reality, though, is that this is a you know um, a simulation, but it's also run by God. God has perfect justice, and I believe one hundred percent that God will 
answer these people and already is. But it's not going to be the way you think it is or the way I think it is. You know what I mean? Out of my carnal mind, it's going to be, um, you know, a great mystery. And people say, well, this book of Revelation calls for a third of the world to be you know, killed here, another third there, another third there. You know, pretty soon you're up to like 97, 98% of the people dead. And, um, well, that is coming as the kings of terror have responded. And I don't know when that will be. But I imagine if it says in the book of Revelation that there will be that many dead, there'll be that many dead. But what, why are they dead? It's because it was a judgment of the almighty God. And even though these people are carrying it out, God has employed them to carry it out because you and I are wicked and we haven't learned and we haven't really put God first. We haven't really repented. We haven't really, really walked the walk. But now, as all our friends are being killed, you know, now it's time to like straighten up. I'm sorry, Lord. You know, and you got your own inner thoughts and your own, you know, go by your conscience too. God put that conscience there. It's like, you know, you, um, and the other thing is we're not fit to, we can't judge each other. I mean, I can judge, I can say it's wrong to kill that child or it's wrong to, you know, to, to kill Lahaina. You know, you know, Oprah Winfrey should have, you know, stood down and not flapped her stupid mouth, but they did it. Okay. They did it. But what was Lahaina before the firebombing? It was a tourist town. It was mainly, the, the only time they ever made money is when the cruise ships would come in. And, of course, the tourists from the hotels. But the hotels were, you know, up in Kanapali was the rich, rich people. And then down in Wailea was the even richer people. So it's quite a drive from Wailea all the way up to, uh, to Lahaina. So... You know, that, uh, you know, and, and then Lahaina was the jewel. That used to be the capital. That's, that's, the, that's the hub. That's the harbor, you know. Not Pearl Harbor, but that's like this, you know, the thing that they worship, you know. And so they're, they're, they're going to, you know, they want to buy it up, put the Hawaiian. And, and look, and looky here. These people like Obama, the ultimate hypocrite, liar, piece of crap, he's out there talking about how nice the Indians are and how the white man came and stole the land so it's not really belonging to anyone. It's meaning it's belonging to him, Obama. He's doing the same thing in Lahaina. Oh, those nice little Hawaiians and these awful white people came and took the Hawaiians and, and really bamboozled them. Well, now here's a chance to get Hawaii back for Hawaiians, he says, while they take it over. What a lying bastard, man. And he is a bad, he loves killing. Oh, he just loves it. He loves it. The more die, the better. You know, he's just really happy. He uh, believes in global uh, climate change so much, he builds his house in Martha's Vineyard right at the ocean. He is completely confident that that house will stay there. Same with Biden. Global, you know, I guess climate change doesn't affect them. So here we are. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen with the billionaire baby club? The billionaire babies. Wow, wow, wow. What do they want now? Well, they wanted your compliance in the lockdown. Canada still got the people of Canada. You, hey, look, Can, Canadians, you, you're going to have to stand up even if, you know, look, there are worse things than death, man. Come on. You know, don't be afraid of that. 
There are worse things than solitary confinement. At least there, people feel sorry for you. You know what I mean? And, you know, they, your cause gets more attention. You know, you got to write books in there, like the, uh, the, uh, the Polish uh, pastor. I forget how to pronounce the name. Pawlowski, whatever. When, when he's in prison, he should write a book, you know, because it will be widely published and accepted. The little people are not waking up. The little people think they're going to be part of the solution. I know people right now that love society so much that they want they want it to be the uh, ultimate solution. They they want uh, you know the wokeism and the whatever whatever lies they spin. They want those codified, put into history books, and then made part of the curriculum for all schools. So all. People are grown up because they figure, okay, we're going to dumb down the IQs, make sure people can't do critical thinking, tell them what to think, pattern them, and then employ them as we need the ones we don't need. We, we uh, you know, kill them. We, you know, euthanasia, offer them a, a trip to Mars or whatever, and, you know, they'll have to lose their body to get there, but they'll still be conscious beings, you know, convince them and then stick them in a the chamber and, you know, get rid of them. Harvest the organs, give them out to, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, and uh, and the other billionaires, and uh, you know, have a great day. The other thing I will say is this: Proverbs one is the prophecy. This is where they will get a bird just ran in the window, so this is accurate. They will, they will uh, end up killing themselves. Actually, this whole projection of killing other people is really because they hate themselves so much. And they feel so guilty for the billions they don't deserve, okay? They don't deserve it. William Buffett doesn't deserve it. He's an inside player. He's a gangster. It's all gotten through thievery. It's all ill-gotten gains. It's not capitalism. They like to criticize capitalism because communism will get them even more rich. I mean, I mean uh, communism will get them even more rich. But bank down mistake. This Lahaina thing, which they're now rolling out here because they're, they're trying to get rid of the rain in the southwest, they're going to start burning uh, Arizona and all that very soon before you know, the plan is to burn that all up and burn California all up and move those people out and put them in camps. So this is the first time they're going to build camps to see if the Hawaiians will do it. Hawaiians, please don't go to the camps. We're just poor people. We need help. Well, that's what gets you in trouble in the first place. Either become self-reliant or die. And the Hawaiians will be just like a little memory. They'll do a little Hawaiian dance and we'll have a big stuffed pig on the beach. While all these, uh, you know, lily-white billionaire babies sit around dancing and, and, and patting the little Hawaiians on the head. Isn't that cute? The ultimate ugly memory. You thought the left was all about inclusion, equity, and, uh, and tolerance? Where did you get that idea? <laughs> the left is about corruption, criminality, and Al Capone. About appearing as the saviors while they rape you to death. You know, the Republicans are weak and stupid. I can't be a member of any party. The Republicans are weak and stupid and have the biggest record of pedophilia. You know, of human trafficking. You go back to the days of Barney Frank and back to the days of Ted Gunderson and all that, he... he, he it's all on the web. You can hear all about it. But yeah, the Republicans are weak and stupid, and they've always been used by the Democrats to be the weak and stupid, 
and and manipulatable. So the Democrats act. The Democrats are really the globalists. They're really the uh, the rulers of the earth and put them there. So they have that power. So they have the Republicans to be in a you know a controlled opposition, but they get everything they want. They're they're basically the snake. They're the fox in the hen house. They're there to rape you and your family, and they're doing it. You know, I mean, can, these confiscatory t- taxes to make sure that nobody joins that club unless they're invited, you know. And then when you're invited, you don't pay taxes. You got ways of getting out of it. And, um, you know, as long as you play ball, you'll never be indicted. You know, Biden can openly take, you know, billions of, you know, billions of dollars, throw it at Ukraine, millions of dollars of money laundering going on there. And, you know, buy more houses, n- nothing. And then Trump, you know, that, see, Trump's a good example of what happens when you rebel and what the elites will do to you. People say, well, it's the CIA coup. Well, it's, it's beyond the CIA. It's the, the, the kings and queens and rich of the earth. You know, it's the earth. You got to think globally here. And they've decided to put the power on Trump. So it doesn't matter what. He could be like the ultimate Boy Scout. And they're still going to throw him in jail. And then they've got 20 million, I read that, 100 million people ready to riot if he gets anywhere. They're ready to riot. Because they figure you're just going to sit there. You know, I, I'd love to think that this time people will take up arms and do something. But I don't think they will. I think they'll sit there and they'll complain that they're rioting and burning down cities and then they're going to just leave them in squalor and then offer government-assisted housing for the people who are displaced. And for all the bank accounts gone, all the really poor people who have no food, they'll feed them in these concentration camps and that's really the future. Now, if you want a different future, we're starting up the 20 on 20 style prayer i don't know what's gonna be called last the last round was year one we're starting this prayer group up uh because god's ordaining it and i it wasn't just me that got it but govinda got it i think patrick trish i think people that were participants in it you know they all realize that now that now this is the time so that's what we're going to do here uh prayer is power prayer is a weapon if you're praying you're doing something they're most they're more afraid of prayers than you picking up a you know some kind of gun and shooting somebody. You know what I mean? Prayer is is it's actually, you know, the the Bible is more of a threat than a gun. And they know it. They know they're very ahead. They're ten ten steps ahead of us. You know, like I say, I used to think they well, I still think this. They operate from the future, but really it's it's a hive mind that is not uh controlled by time and space. That's their advantage. Okay, so they're way ahead of what, you know, what all the predictable behaviors you do, everything you do, all your reactions have already been factored in like two years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So they're way ahead of you. And anything you say or do on Facebook, they they already know that. In fact, if you weren't here, they could actually do an AI of you and they would you'd write the same comments that uh, they expect you to write. And then you would do exactly what they expect you to do. And that's where we are. People don't understand that because they just don't want to believe that that's possible, but that is the way it is. And um, so the bottom line is, you know, how do we have victory? How do we win? Well, the only way to win, number one, uh, God, Yahweh, the, the you know, El Shaddai, Yehovah, God, you know, Yahweh, 
and by any other name, the Lord, the Creator, will never forsake His Son, Jesus. He will never save anything or anyone that disses that. And it's not about Christianity. Christianity be damned. I mean, Christianity is already, you know, basically stick a fork in it. You know, the, the corrupt people got in those churches. There was so much money there. They became billionaire babies too. How many planes did that guy, that one pastor fly around? He's got 10 planes and they're all gold-plated. It's like, it's disgusting. And that other guy, that other, you know, uh, you know, guy that turned all that Jesus stuff into wealth. What's his name? Joel Olstein. I mean, this is a guy that basically, you know, he's like, the, the, you know, Tony Robbins was a big con man, but at least Tony Robbins didn't bring in Jesus into it. You know, bringing Jesus into it brings power. And he, you can abuse Jesus and say it's about prosperity. Now, now, look, you know, nobody got rich with Tony Robbins. And nobody's getting prosperous with these wolves in sheep's clothing on TBN. And they never did. And they never will. The haves versus the have-nots. The poor will be with you always, my Lord said. They'll be with you always. And blesses he who has a heart for the poor. Blessed are they that have a heart for the poor and, and compassion. You know, those who are, 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 are cruel will have their reward with the wrath of God. God will bring justice to them because the entire, the entire reality of God is about turning the tables. It's about taking all these people, first of all, Babylon fall. Babylon will fall. Now, what's Babylon? Babylon is the, is the beast system, but it's also the corporate system of world trade. Okay, world trade. Just think world trade. If that falls, you better be self-reliant because there won't be any, any way to get you know, storage food from uh, you know, My Patriot Supply or whatever, or Wise Foods or, or the local uh, you know, farmer's market or whatever. Though that, those days will be over. You know, so you know, prepare for that believe that God will uh, collapse Babylon, as it says in, in Revelation 18. Understand that. And why would Babylon fall? Is it because these people are all corrupt? Well, they fornicated with her and drank all her poison wine and, and done whatever they had to do for the money, meaning probably ultimately cannibalizing innocent people, killing their own, doing harm, Okay, Babylon. And so what God's going to do, he says, get, separate yourself from Babylon because you don't want to be punished along with these other people who are going to get punished because she'll be rewarded double, double for her, for her evil. The punishment will be double for these people. And all the blood, the, you know, and rejoice, people. For the Lord God, stronger than anything, has avenged you. This is for you. This is for you. It's, you don't need it. You don't want it. You've thrown your crown into the, uh, to the fire. You don't need an ego. You don't need anything. But it's still for you because you've been wronged. 
I've been wronged. I'm not a victim. I'm going to put up with it. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm, I'm wrong because I'm not fitting in right. I'm a misfit. I fit with Jesus. I, I fit with people of Jesus, which are few and far, but, you know, very few. You know, America has turned into mainly a pagan. Well, it's a reflection of Washington, D.C., basically. You know what I mean? They, they put on a good show. But then when it comes time to one of them dies, like George Bush or something, what happened there when Pappy Bush died? They had a Babylonian, you know, uh, uh, ritual to Satan, you know, and they filmed it. They had it all day long on Fox News, the same. Like, how long do we have to watch this? What the, who is this fucker? And the answer is he's a big, big grand poobah. In the satanic circle. That's why they have to have a week-long ceremony worshiping Pappy Bush and Aleister Crowley's daughter. Barbara. Babs. They're all bad. All of them are evil. The Merovingians, all of them, they're all bad. They've all tried to usurp Christ. God will never allow that. But he will take vengeance when he is ready. And that will be perfect justice. Guaranteed. I guarantee you. You will be happy, not happy, but you'll be at rest that f- finally justice has been done. And all the people who died, whose blood cries up from the ground, they'll be happy too because they're not dead. They're not dead either. They'll, be, they'll all be uh, uh, basically blessed by the Lord setting the table straight. And we look, this dimension, we can't be in this dimension of good and evil and all that, and Satan ruling and all that, and get anywhere. Satan has to be tied up in the bobless pit because otherwise we can never have justice. We can never get, you know, the people that you oppose, I hope that you, 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 you know, get up and leave Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving dinner has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. I hope you leave at Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner has nothing to do with Christmas. All of it's fake. Tell them to fuck off. Now, I know when you get too rebellious, they come around with the, the, they want to play the mental hospital card on you. They want to, you know what I mean? They're they're like, you know, that's the crazy woman. That's the crazy guy that lives down there. We really need to do an intervention. They do this because they're so insecure themselves, because they lack so much knowledge, because they're they're so much followers in this world that all they can think of is, you know, getting anyone that doesn't conform as labeling them as some kind of pariah or some kind of mental patient. When in actuality, you know, or, and, and they'll do this to artists, they'll do this to writers who are writing their own thoughts or free thinkers. They try this with Solzhenitsyn. is a good example, you know what I mean? And this new, this pastor that's good, probably going to be going to prison. Uh, hopefully he'll write a book there. Pavlovsky, Pavlovsky, you know, how do you pronounce it, Trish? Pawlowski, Pawlowski, Pawlowski. Okay, anyway, he was a, a beautiful soul. And he had a real burden for the poor. See, that's, that's why he's going to prison. Because he has a burden, because he cares, and that really, really communicates to people. That really convinces people that he is superior to the government that he cares for the poor. And I believe that the fact that he, because this is all about money, 
I believe that because he cares for the poor and he's feeding the poor, that's why he's going to prison. Not because he was having worship services. That's my belief. And look what they're doing in Maui. They are, they are denigrating the poor. They are, people are starving. They're not allowed to bring food in. They can't bring water in. They can't take care of their families. They have to do everything by the government, the military. You know, a totalitarian police state is what Maui's turned into. Basically, I'm never going there again because it's, it's basically a concentration camp now. Because Larry Thing wanted it. Man, 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 Larry Thing, you better do it. Any perversion I think of, you better start performing it. You get that Sam Smith to do a private, a private uh, dance for me. Thank you. And, I, and it's great when he's, uh, you know, getting the wee-wee in his mouth. I really get off on that. Yeah, great musician. Well, because people like it. Why do they like it? Because they're, you know, they're hypnotized by, because they don't have their own minds. If you really have your own mind, you're going to like very eclectic things, you know, things that maybe everyone else doesn't like and you do. You're going to have your own mind. You're going to have your own thoughts. You're going to have your own life. You're going to have your own relationship with God. You're going to know that no matter what age you are, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, you're all right. You're never going to die. I'm never going to die. Death has no power over me whatsoever, none, zero. Even when I was in the hospital, I knew that, none. There was no, no fear whatsoever. The people around me, the nurses and the doctors, all they all feared. You know, I think I freaked them out, especially my recovery, which could only have come from God. You know, there's no way that antibiotics could do that. <laughs> and I just walked out. I, I mean, I stumbled. I had to have a wheelchair and a cane and all that for a while, and, I'm now starting to get off the cane a little bit. And, you know, but I've, you know, there's a lot wrong with me, though. I was, uh, you know, injured for, you know, three or four years before I got to that point. And I didn't seek help because I think the AMA is evil, wicked, and I think it's run by Satanists. Oh, gosh, Jeff, you're right. And so what do they do? Well, you know, they tend to try to damage, you know, they don't want to get caught, but they try to kind of damage you. You know what I mean? Through neglect or through this or that or using a dirty needle or, you know, right? That, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Count on that. And if you're one of them, no, you get the, they'll, they'll, you know, when you get your, your jab, they'll, they'll, hit, they'll hit you with a placebo. They actually already know which ones are the placebos, which ones are the death shots. The nurses already know. They're all labeled. And, and the nurses have agreed, you know, I mean, the ones that were into the COVID, not all, you know, but I mean, just in general, the ones that were, uh, you know, having all the cadavers piling up and all that, they, uh, they knew what they were doing, you know, with the intubation. They knew what they were doing with the uh, shots. They knew that, you know, when they, they would take a shot, it'd be a placebo, someone else could, they, they would know, like, for example, like, you know, not everybody, though, some famous people did get a, a death shot. It's not a not a perfect world, you know, not a perfect uh, distribution. But they have, you know, have you heard about so many nurses dying? I haven't heard much about nurses dying. I hear about a lot of other people dying, not nurses, because we need the nurses to get the cadavers out, right? We need them on our side to play ball. So a lot of these nurses get replaced by people who will play ball. 
who will intubate somebody knowing it's going to kill them. So that's my objection to the hospital, except that I, you know, that my, I had no choice, but I, you know, I, I don't plan on going back. If something like that happens again, it's, I'm just going to take care of it out here. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, health insurance is useless. It's just evil. There's no point to have it. I had it because I, 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 I didn't have health insurance my whole life until I got eligible for Medicare. Then I got that free Medicare thing. Next thing you know, I signed up for Aetna Medicare Advantage. And, um, you know, everything has been, you know, cheap. And I, I probably ran up a bill of about $300,000, you know, in a, in a week. And, um, you know, which would break the bank of anybody. And, you know, any normal person. Billionaires are not normal. And uh, so bottom line, the bottom line is, but all these treatments and all this stuff, I mean, you know, yes, I've gotten better, but really it's going to be after this where I'm able to really achieve great health, you know, through natural process, through things that don't have side effects. Side effects are evil. Side effects are pharmakia, sorcery. So if the symbol is the staff and the serpent, and the people running it are Satanist. What are the nurses? Thank you. Does it take that much brain power to figure that out? There are no Florence Nightingales. They're all Satanist. And there's a, every once in a while, there's one or two here and there that aren't. But they're not really on the in crowd. It's, they're outnumbered. They're outnumbered. I had one that was a, a lovely you know, soul and a musician. I wasn't going to play ball with that. But, you know, the others all formed their little covens and gossip circles. And, you know, it, I saw the same sewing circles that I saw, you know, in the beginning at, at playtime with all the, uh, the mothers there, you know, getting their kids indoctrinated and giving sex to adults. Oh, yeah, it happened. Polaroids are snapped. Oh, yeah, it happened. It all happened. It's the way the elites roll. It's not just... One elite here, one elite. It's they, they all have to participate, or you know they're you know they have to participate enough to be blackmailable and then look the other way on, on you know. But if they don't do the hardcore stuff, they're not going up the ladder. They will never become a billionaire if they can't stomach uh, extreme carnage, you know, war, starting wars, rumors of wars, a warmonger. That's ultimately where it leads, because that's the ultimate in human sacrifice is war. So you see, it's all, you know, just like abortion is a sacrifice to Moloch. At the same time, it's very lucrative because it's organ harvesting. So, you know, where do you want to, any, anything, pick, pick anything in society you want. Pick anything and show me good. Somebody putting their finger in a dam and feeding the poor. Thank you for putting your finger in the dam and feeding three poor people. Lovely. Next, please. Your organization, though, is completely evil. They want all the poor people to register uh, and be retrained to be useful to society. <laughs> and, oh, yes, make that leap over the river sticks. <laughs> so you'd be a dead man walking like everybody else. And, um, you know, the, I mean, I know I get this criticism from worlders like, you know, like I'm all wired. They, they try to convince me. And they say, you know, and then when they get mad, they go, you know, you could have had everything. Everything. 
You could have had everything. Big hit, hit a podcast. You could have been like Joe Rogan. Well, what does that say about Joe Rogan? If someone says, I could have been like Joe Rogan. What's that say about him? Not too good. I know you all love Joe Rogan, but I'm like, you know, I could have been like Joe Rogan, but, but I, I didn't do what Joe Rogan did, I guess. Is that, is that what they mean when they say that? Because they've said that. You could have been like, uh, you know, Art Bell. <laughs> you could have been a contender. Yeah, but I don't want to be a contender. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be an NPC useless idiot like you. Even if I'm in isolation and completely rejected and laughed at and mocked, I have my own thoughts. I got I to gotta, I gotta grow up on that. I won't say, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. It's like, Lord, lead them to repentance if they be yours, if it be thy will, in Jesus' name, amen. That's really where I'm at in my prayer life. I'm not into uh, the mono-a-mono spiritual warfare, like, you know, throwing people out windows. I, when I was younger, I was, you know, a much more of a swashbuckler. I would have fantasies of locking them all up in the golf club, right, and burning it to the ground, you know, because I have a... I have a, you know, a trauma when I see golf clubs. I, 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 I become not apoplectic, but I become somewhat, uh, I become, uh, you might say, I get triggered by golf clubs and you know, golf outfits and people walking around the golf course. I got friends that play golf, don't, I don't, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't go there with it, but, but it's because golf was so important to all these people. All these elites were obsessed with golf. And so golf represented Satanism, satanic ritual, and murder. So it's, it, and, 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 you know, the boys club and the billionaire boys club, the baby club, Bohemian Grove, you know what I mean? The Bohemian club, the, you know, clubs in LA, all those kind of clubs, the beach club, this club, that club. And, um, you know, it, it's all, you know, golf, you know, hunting, you know, the good life. It's like good life with these people. There's no good life with these people. You know, that every, all the people that I knew, like, you know, growing up, they were all godless, but putting on errors by going to church, but they were completely godless. That's just amazing. It's, it's, and then everything they do, they justify, you know, because it's all about money. It's just like, well, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't make any money, you know, so therefore it's, it's, it's fine. God loves it, you know, because, uh, you know, there was no other way. And I'm like, well, I think God expected you to, Choose him rather than money. Oh no! Oh, you're crazy, Z. You know that. No, it's okay. It's it's it's. Um, I have no real, you know, aspirations of. of uh, I I don't think I would do what Spielberg did if I was had that successful in filmmaking. I don't think I would, you know, in in producing films. I don't think I would. Uh, buy a yacht like that but I you know maybe I'd go on one I mean I don't you know I kind of like the idea of we, we rent everything anyway like even if you think you own your house you don't you're really renting it everything is for rent you're renting the space you're renting your body because you're only here for temporary and then you're gone so if you look at everything as like a rental like I look at the objects in the room they're just borrowing I look at the shards of pottery that were left over from the Anasazi days I just leave it there I don't need it. You know, um, 
any kind of curios that I might collect. I have for my own, you know, that they amuse me while, during my time here, but I'm under no illusion. Well, I'm going to be gone. They're gone. We're all gone. It's gone. They'll be swept into the dust. I know that, but the creative part of me wants to create anyway. You know, my music will be swept in the dust. My, you know, all these podcasts will be swept in the dust. They'll say, well, what do you, like one guy, you know, this Brian, um, what was his name? He was the guy that was, uh, you know, really complaining about being gang stalked. He used to, he used to uh, document it. Um, and he got on with me uh, on a phone call or something. And he said, look, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish here but you're not accomplishing anything with your podcast. And, you know, and I knew at that point that I was getting validation. I knew this guy was not of the Lord. Brian, two, 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 something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I realized that he, you know, if he would say something like that, it's the same as Jesus saying, well, if you knew God, you'd know me. And that's what I would say back to this Brian guy. You know, if you knew God, you'd know me. You don't know. You just want to document all this gang stock and pose yourself as a victim all day long. So I don't know what you're accomplishing. It looks like you accomplished nothing. Zero. And then there's all the wannabes. The guys who just want to be in society so much. They want to be accepted so much. And they, they pose as our, as our leaders in the, info, in the info war. And I just like cringe when I see people like, uh, what's his name, um, who is that guy? Well, so yeah, there's a couple that are on my shit list. One is Sean Stone. He's just a, a shameless exploiter. And he said, now he says he's a Muslim. And then he calls God God the source. It's like, that's such a new way. That's so transparent, you know, as to who he really is. You know, and all he really wants to do, he, he just wants to break into the entertainment business. That's his whole goal. So he's using this alternative media so that he's in his lane. He's not competing with his father. You know, the great Oliver Stone, who he couldn't, he's not fit to really tie Oliver's shoelaces. So that's, you know, I mean, you know, we, we have sons and daughters, sometimes they're failures. And he's a complete failure, complete embarrassment. But he's lifted up by uh, Infowars, and he's lifted up by, it's like Steve Quayle. You know, he's, you know, he, he gets on there with these predictions. Everyone's going to have to move out of, you know, Louisiana and move up north by next week or you're all going to be dead. Remember that? He gets away with all of it. <laughs> he, <laughs> I know why he hated me. He hated me because, you know, uh, the people that were guests on his, they were guests on mine and they were, you know, maybe I was getting somewhere with him. Maybe I was convincing some of these kind of conformed Christian fakers, you know, that, you know, and you know who they are. They're basically all of them, uh, that they were, you know, you got to make a decision, which, who you're going to serve. And I think a lot of them, you know, that went into obscurity probably did make that decision. Cause I think it's all a process. You start out being in the world. You know what I mean? You conform to the world. You do what the world wants you to do. You uh, look the other way on all the perversions and all the other things they ask you to do. You know, you're blackmailable. They got you. They got you. But you're a member of all these clubs. They give you all these presents and stuff. And then you realize that's not where it's at. And you find Jesus. And then you have to renounce the world. You become a renunciant of the world. 
And so the Lord expects that to be total. You know, you renounce the world, you go with Jesus, you accept the world, you deny Jesus. It's just one, you know. So the Christian world in America is all deception because it's all this veneer of Christ. And then, but who's running the whole show is Satan, is running the entire religious show. All the religions of the world are of Satan, pretty much. You know, I mean, organized, right? Organized. I'm not talking about the... uh, Groups that get together and you know you know, sing worship songs and all that. But if you do that, sing worship songs and pray together and all that in, in your homes, that one of them will show up and try to bust it up. Probably a pretty woman, one that might appeal to your husband if you're in that group. You know what I'm saying? And then a wedge starts getting driven in, and before you know it, oh, we're off to the races. And that's how it's done, baby. That's how it rolls. And um, I don't think anyone that's really, you know, I mean, I don't think any of us are pure. You know, so that's one thing. So we don't have to have worry about that. You know, like, is he good? Is he bad? I see this a process. So I see people on their way toward Christ, on their way toward Jesus. I mean, you know, I've had just a, a, a lot of people, uh, you know, you know, they, they just, they get so really angry with whatever I'm saying that, um, you know, and they claim to be Christians and then, then they scream at me and they just go, you know, you have no problems, you had no uh, trouble, you've had nothing. It's, you you know, because they're trying to justify, they want to de- deny anything that I've been through or I've been talking about. I'm trying to heal. I've been trying to heal most of my, I'm not really completely healed yet, but I'm trying to heal, you know what I mean? And to do that, I had to face like the Woody Keith time and the Zeff time, and they both were like split. And so now they're kind of, you know, come together in this sort of, uh, you know, understanding in this, and it, my soul feels completely whole, you know? And uh, it, it, as long as I'm without fear, I could experience that wholeness of the soul. So I'm glad I have that. But, uh, you know, the thing is, it's been, they didn't want me to heal. That's my point. They didn't want, you know, Woody and Zeff to meet up and, and, and you know, and, and, and acknowledge and, and integrate. They didn't want any of that. They never wanted me to understand. They, they wanted to deny me, even, you know, like the director of society wants to deny that my, you know, that any of that stuff was, you know, because he knows. He knows that's all real. But he just wants, you know, it to be like society. He shut up about it. No, he's just typical. Like he's like everybody. I mean, I'm just uh, saying. You know, I don't think I don't think anybody is going to. Um, I'm not accusing him of being you know, anything special, anything other than like, you know, you know, Rick Fry, my writing partner, had the same exact attitude. Same exact attitude. He believed, he he was he just thought it was all f- fiction what we were writing, and it was actually real. And then it was confirmed by people. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, uh, and finally, you know, after the murder attempts and everything, you know, I was like, okay, it's real. <laughs> and after the brainwashing and mind control techniques of, of, you know, denying reality. But after society was done, it took me a good 10 or almost 15 years to integrate that experience and to, to understand how real it was, you know, and, and from, but, but my deciding to write it, it was always called society, you know, from the very beginning. Uh, my decision to write it was really, you know, my, probably my inner self 
trying to heal, trying to acknowledge that something happened. And, and I hadn't dealt with that trauma. So that's why I had denied it. But I, could, I had to keep sneaking it. I kept writing pages and then locking them up because I was afraid, terribly afraid something was going to happen to me. You know, and it, so it had that energy on it. But that's how I became a writer because I wrote about what, what was on my heart, on my mind. And, you know, it was, you know, it took the course it took. And so, of course, everybody involved in it wants to deny where it came from, wants to, you know, so I'm there to set the record straight. But they don't, they don't want, they want to belittle that. They want to be like, oh, it's all fiction. Oh, it, uh, it was changed into something much better than what it was and all that. It's, no, it's the same thing as it was. It started off being, uh, you know, boy, gang stock, you know, led, led by the nose and to his own sacrifice. And that's exactly the structure that it, it ended up being. And, um, you know, nothing had changed from day one. But they'll all go on and on and on and on and on, you know, about, you know, taking credit for this, taking credit for that and the whole bit. And that's fine. They could all have credit. They could have all the credits they want. But the story is, with, without me going through that, without that real experience in my life and that trauma that I had, that thing would have never been written. I became a writer because of that. I, just, I kept going with writing because, I mean, I'd already written. I'd written one-act plays. I'd written, you know, stories. And I'd, I'd been a writer, you know, a lot of poetry, a lot of my thoughts. But I really sort of became, you know, a, a professional writer through that experience. And, um, you know, and like if I decided not to have written it, there would be no movie society. But they, they fail, they can, and they can say whatever they like, you know, that's fine. My own take is that uh, there's, you know, I'm glad it got done. It's, I don't control it, you know what I mean? And, you know, the real author is the director, give him all the credit. I, I still think it was not, not, that, you know, it was, a, it was a first-time director, so you would forgive the mistakes that were made, lots of them. And uh, just, just you know, move on. But um, to, to, you know, this idea of denying where it came from or saying that was illegitimate is, uh, is not just foolish, it's a lie. So if they start in with that at any time in the future after the documentary, uh, I've got a ton of ammo, you know, including who did what. In, in proof and all that, and they'll be very happy to, uh, to to get into that because I think you know there's guy yeah, people are mean you know I mean they they you know when something is good you know they want all they don't want to share anything with anybody and you know if there's any any anything that you know there's some people that they just I, I can't explain it, but you know, there's just there's bullies on the playground that need to be punched in the nose. That's all. So anyway, I, yeah, I'm under no illusion. I I did the uh, the documentary because uh, Loris wanted to do it. The, one of our uh, producers, at Crazed House, uh, produced Girl Next and, and Quantum Devil. You know, co-produced it along with me. Um, it was his idea, and I agreed to do it. And, you know, I agreed to let, you know, Larry, Larry was, you know, the director, the boss. And I would just show up when I needed to show up. And, and he was uh, doing it. And he, he had a rough time 
really understanding all the things that I had gone through and the way it is out there. He had to accept a lot of things he didn't know. And, um, you know, those are very traumatic. And, you know, the odds on my even being there to write it in the first place are a billion to one because I was already dead from them. They already, they had already made a murder attempt, you know, before I ever wrote word one. And some of that was, you know, I don't know. It's okay. It's just, you know, it's basically a documentary about my own process and how I came to write society, that, that how I came to write a drama, but also, very interesting, how I was writing society. And at the time, I didn't know it was real. I didn't acknowledge, I didn't integrate that yet. And, and it was all, I, mean, I had glimpses, you know, this is, God, it's, you know, but maybe it's fiction. So part of the motivation for writing it, and I'll say this in interviews that are coming up, part of the reason for writing it is I would want to test it on other people to see if they thought it was real. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought maybe it's not. My motivation was I didn't want it to be real. Understand? I just wanted to be able to come home to L.A., you know, get a job and, 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 and you know, and integrate into society, just to have a normal life. And that was completely denied. You know, and it's like the Truman Show. They would pay for things and set me up and have me in this little glass bubble and try to control me. And if I wasn't making progress, then there's punishment. And I didn't, I see that now. I didn't see it then. You know, as they like to say, well, I thought I was a writer of a movie. I thought I was living in a, in a house that was my own. I thought there was, you know, my wife. I thought that was my friends. I thought that was my car, but it was all set up. There's a lot more that could be written about, too. A lot more about uh, the, the Truman Show aspect of it and gang stalking and gaslighting. You know, there's a lot more. I just need time to do it and be able to sell down. The devil keeps trying to interrupt me and, and stop me from producing works because this stuff rubs them the wrong way. They don't want this kind of stuff out there. They would like us, like the, the film society, to just you know, die as a fiction film and it had nothing to do with anything. You know what I mean? Just made up. You know, they, they, they put the shunting in to be this goofy, goofy orgy thing, but it stands for an orgy. You know what I mean? It stands for satanic ritual abuse. It stands for, uh, you know, the a, a sacrifice, right? It's no different. It's just dressing up as comedy so you don't get on, so people don't, you know, attack you. That's why, that's why it got changed. So, now what I had was a boy being led to his uh, sacrifice by his own family being raised to, uh, uh, you know, to, to sacrifice being, being, you know, the firstborn uh, child. It was, he was not adopted or anything. That got put in there later to make it to make sense, which actually makes it make less sense to me. I didn't make that change. That's not me. But, you know, the uh, as far as the, the, the whole wild shunting thing, that was just all, you know, co making comedy out of something serious. You know, making it palpable because people couldn't, you know, and we'd already had Rosemary's Baby, so the public was ready for a real thing. I think they're still ready. I think we still have a few things like that up our sleeve. I think they could, you know, Eyes Wide Shut was a big breakthrough. It also showed 
the acceptance of the public that there are things like that. Uh, the elites uh, are, are known for that kind of thing. And uh, I can tell you it's all real. Even though there are people, even in the documentary, who are dissenting opinions, you know, who don't believe any of that was real. They believe it's all satanic panic. And they're completely wrong. There was no satanic panic. They did that as a cover-up. But these people believe it's a mind virus that try, that ruins people. And there is nothing like that. There is satanic ritual abuse. And there is child sacrifice. And there is lots of murders of lots of people for lots of reasons that, that have, happen to be in the circle. The whole thing is witchcraft. The entire city is the circle and the pentagram. The whole thing... Is, uh, is symmetrical, and there are people that, that play, you know, play the, like a game of, uh, you know, chess or dominoes or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're they're just manipulating the pieces on the board, you know, and it's like, oh, I, I would we need a sacrifice over here now, and then oh, there's a perfect candidate over there. They want him dead, you know, because we're babies and we have billions of dollars. We can just order anyone dead we want. Of course, law enforcement is way far down beneath the billionaire class. They're not allowed to even question. Like in court, they go in there and they get off. You know? Uh, but now we have all these people arrayed against Trump. You know, he's they're, they're, it doesn't matter what the laws are. They're going to throw him in jail anyway. Because this is not a free country. So people say, well, I want to get the USA back. The USA, there is no USA. There's, you know, Larry Fink. That's your, your leader. That's your God. You know, there's, there's Oprah Winfrey. There's, you know, there's, there's corporations. You, you, you know, there, there's, there's, there's mindless bullshit all day long. Why don't you jump through a hoop and put a mask on, six feet distancing, uh, uh, climate lockdown. If you guys comply to that, if they try any other lockdown or anything like that, and you're not out in force in the streets, you you deserve what you're going to get. You deserve that ass kicking you're going to get. That ass kicking is going to be the end of you and your family. So get out on the streets. You know, that's where you need to go. I mean, they they think you're going to be on the streets. Of course. Yeah, get in your prayer circles, get out in the streets, get, you, know, you know, talk about it like I've done. Get your podcast going, take your video, and keep showing these people as utterly, utter fools who have no right to, they can't rule over their own dick, let alone, you know, people. So let that be known. You know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is that that much money and power atrophies intelligence and everything. You know, it, 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 you know, people that are gr- fully grown up human beings become adolescents and then ultimately babies. Uh, what do you think it was when uh, John the Baptist lost his head? You know, Herod's the billionaire, right? And his spoiled little brat daughter, Salome, wants the head of John the Baptist. I want the head of John the Baptist. And then she gets it. She learns to be a baby. Because who's going to ever correct her? When we're not corrected, we ungrow up. When we can get away with everything, we ungrow up. We, we, we become immature. We become petulant. There's a good word for it. Petulance. Child, childish. 
temper tantrum throwers. And, you know, just thank God. I just thank God you, you, you guys, and, and we're not in that category. We have to take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility for this world. That's why we're bringing this prayer group back together. We've got to, you know, do what we can to help with the human trafficking. There's plenty of groups out there doing the right thing, saving the children. We've got to remember the children, you know, whether it be Lahaina children or Indian children or American, uh, not American, but, uh, you know, all, I guess I should say all children everywhere in every country. You know, America, Europe, uh, Indian nations, Lahaina, Hawaii, all over the world, China, even Chinese, all over the world, you know, these children are precious to God and they need to be saved. And if that's the shape your ministry takes, that it's just about that, mazel tov, you know what I mean? Fantastic. Great. Because that's what needs to be done. And I don't know how we prevent people from becoming, you know, this billionaire class, because that means there's somebody ruling over who's making decisions. That's up to God, you know. I, I don't know why these... It, it just all has to do with joining, you know, the cult. You know, joining society, being asked to, you know, being recruited in and then agreeing to it. And then, you know, the, the billionaires are not self-made men, usually. I mean, Trump kind of was, but, you know, he also had his father. I don't think anyone who has anything, it's all self-made. It's all just either luck or you're in the right place at the right time. Things fall in your lap. But they can also go away. You could also lose a tremendous amount of money and be, you know, destitute. I mean, that could happen too. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in America, you know, city slickers and stuff, they don't know how, the first thing about, you know, how to survive. So they won't. So, I mean, you know, because those skills atrophy in a city. Intelligence atrophies with too much money, too much, too much idle time. The devil, you know, idle hands are the devil's playthings. And that, that, I mean, I know that's a very glib way to look at it. You know, a glib statement, you know, kind of shallow about them. But face it. They have nothing but time on their hands. They've got nothing to do. Larry Fink doesn't need to work. He just, he just likes the power of telling other people what to do and how to live. And he's in no position to play God. I mean, Larry Fink is God, basically. That's what he thinks of himself. He thinks he's God. And he's acting as such because he's a billionaire baby. A baby is someone that no one will correct. Oh, that's a little baby. You know, they do that. He's a little baby. He's going to whine and complain and demand things. He's going to put his money behind it and force people to do silly, stupid stuff. In this case, it's like cut your genitals off and, you know, get, get, you know, uh, you know, kill all the white people. So even though Larry, Larry Fink himself is white, you know, he goes, well, well I'm a Jew. Oh, oh, I see. Well, your skin is lily white, buddy. I'm a Jew. Yeah. That, that'll get you out of it. Uh-huh. I see. Well, you're the whitest Jew that, that there is, buddy. How you rose to power, God only knows how many people had to die to put you in there, just like Obama. But now you're there, and you're going to punish the human race. Okay. You're going to eliminate it because you're, now you're God, and you don't want carbon. So there you go. 
God made carbon, so you're going to end it. You want to tell God what to do. You want to tell God that, you know, you're making the world in your image, not his. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm smelling a big, fat hypocrite, Larry. And your vision of the world is death, destruction, and nothingness. I think you would love to take a trip to the void and just be in the void. You need to just be in the void forever. Be in the void that nothing will bother you. You won't have any need to correct anything or hurt anyone or you know, fix anything. You could just be in the void and just be like in suspended voidness. You know, void. Void is your home. You'll be happy there because it's perfection. There's no life. There's no thoughts. There's no horrible world or people doing horrible things that need to be corrected by you, Mr. Axe Murderer. No, you could just be in the void and all things are perfect. There's no movement. There's no gods. There's no humans. There's just you. A solipsistic void. Yes, that's... I can see you be so happy. You should get all your buddies to come with you. You know, that way you don't have to be bothered with the world never did exist. It's just your own fantasy in your head that there's a world you need to correct. You need to be Larry Fink, the corrector. Larry Fink, he's, he's going to, you know, God can't solve it, but Larry can. And then you should have that name Larry. That's my friend Larry Wade Carroll. He's, he's, he's a great director. He's a great artist. He's a great person. That's not you, buddy. You're not the same Larry. <laughs> You're another Larry. You're Larry Fink. You're just a big Fink. Remember the Fink when you were in like grade school? There was the Fink, the Fink, the the, the Fink thing was happening way back then. You know the Rat Fink. Anyway, you're Larry Fink, and you're you know, you're you know you're. I guess Lahaina was pleased with you. <laughs> You know, I wonder how many of these elites are watching, like, films of, like, children burning and, you know, they're just laughing and, you know, whacking off while they're watching it. You know? I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's literally true. I mean, they, you get to a point that sex doesn't work anymore, then you need death, right, in order to get off. Yeah. And then they think, oh, that's, that's a virtue. That, that's, that's good because, you know, you don't need to exploit other people to get off. You can just masturbate. It's like, oh... Like they just discovered that. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. I just, I, I, it's so absurd. These people are so fucking dumb. Is there any way that we could put, intelli- they don't want intelligence in positions of leadership. But then who is they behind Larry Fink? Who is the face behind Larry Fink? Who is that? Well, that's the fallen angels. They're at the throne of God begging Enoch to ask God if they can come home. And God says no. So they recruit Larry Fink, you know. They turn him into a big, spoiled brat baby. Then he goes around dictating, you know, know, playing God uh, to every country in the world. Because we don't have a world of countries. We have corporations. And furthermore, now we have billionaire elites over the corporations and then the corporations and then the governments and the law enforcement and the militaries all that they're way down the list so when you want the military to block the food coming into Lahaina to take care of those starving people and water all you have to do is make a phone call Larry 
And they will stop, the military will do your bidding in one second. They will block all relief coming into Lahaina to please you and your buddy Obama and everybody else who, uh, you know, lives and thrives off human suffering. You're a uh, parasite. You're a, uh, you know, but, but it's not just you, obviously. It's, but you all have one thing in common. You all have too much money and too much time on your hands. And that's a very interesting thing. You sit around in your yachts and your private jets and everything else plotting what you're going to do to the world because all you have to do is pick up the phone. And, and the world addicted to money, and that's your money, will do whatever you tell them. Whatever heinous thing there is, they'll do it. They want in. They don't know that you're going to, you know, drop them all and kill them all, you know, that they'll have their season and then they're gone. They'll die in poverty. They don't know that. Or dead. They don't know that. They'll have their time to shine and then that's it. You'll pull the plug. You don't want any competition. You're not going to let those entertainers into the billionaire baby club. You're not letting them, those people in. They're serving you and they're, 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 they're transforming their children into... You know, boys to girls, girls to boys are doing everything to make, to influence the public, to make it in your image, Larry. In your image. This is your image. Not science, it's you. Okay? So they're doing everything they can to please you. While they're saying, we're big actors, you know, we, the public worships us. They'll do what we tell them. You know, we've got 20 million people army. Ready right now that if Trump gets any power at all, we're going to burn down the whole place. No, you're going to burn it down anyway, and using Trump has always been the plan. Thank you. Can we just please get to that point of, of, of uh, accurate translation? No, we can't, because the mind control is so thick. It's, <laughs> interruption all day long, I can't think. Huh. <sighs> Well, it's easy. All you have to do is follow the money. And you know that. You just follow the money, and the money is the problem. But with, if you say communism, that's even worse because it means somebody's going to decide who gets the money, who doesn't. A human being will run that, which is we're back to the same problem. Those people all become billionaires just like the Russian oligarchs, and we're right back at square one within five minutes. It's not capitalism. This is greed and the worship of money, which the public does. And since there's somebody in the public, I mean, we have 20 million, how about 50 million, ready to riot and destroy every city in America if Trump gets any, comes to power. And these people are so stupid that even if they were, I mean, if they all died of COVID, no one would miss them, you know, except their circles of shame, right? They've all learned to become pedophiles. They've all learned to, right? They're going to burn down the cities. And then they're going to try to blame it on white people that are living five states away and, and trying to f f forage food for their family, and it's going to be their fault. Because Larry taught them, because the billionaire class is who they worship, they bow down. They don't have gods, they have the billionaires. That's who they worship. That's who Antifa and you know, BLM and all these little groups of the left, they all worship money. Money. 
power. And they want the power to run things themselves, and that's why they're in the game. Uh, Republicans are weak and stupid, so don't worry about them, right? That's always been the case. Every once in a while, there's a, there's a, a star, you know. There's, I mean, Nixon was kind of a star, very popular. Then the, the CIA ran him out. They, John F. Kennedy was a terrific president. They ran him out, too. They didn't kill Nixon, but, uh, you know, they still, you know, denigrated him and made him tricky dick. And, and, and you know, they, they, they had some case against him that was just really flimsy. And they uh, they got uh, you know their their big liar Woodward and Bernstein, these guys are pathetic, and they just you know write what they're told. They don't ever write anything except what they're told to write, and then they use that as evidence that uh, you know this is. Uh, I mean, there was no investigation. There was no journalism. You know. There was a break-in at the Watergate, because they're talking Watergate again. A break-in. You know, G. Gordon Liddy was sort of the quarterback at that time. You know, there was a break-in, you know, Hank Haldeman and others. There was a break-in. break I went to, to school with Haldeman's son at Harvard School. Yeah. So there's a break-in at the Watergate. And, um, you know, this is very... Uh, Minor compared to the things that uh, that they've done through the years that they never have to answer for, you know, stealing documents, uh, you know, fixing elections, you know, fixing the presidential election, brazenly, you know, providing billions of ballots to to make a guy that you know hid in his basement the entire campaign to make this senile old man win, you know, like they could make a, a Humpty Dumpty doll win. Because the public is so dumbed down, they don't feel any threat. So now they're just going ahead running roughshod. If they, I'll tell you this, the Civil War starts, you know, over, there, there will be violence if, if they throw Trump in jail. And it's going to be, oh, those white supremacists are really the terrorists. When in actuality, it won't be them at all. It will end up being, you know, agent provocateurs, as they're always, as usual, who will try to, uh, you know, do, do bad things and then, you know, try to whip it up. Because the Civil War would be very easy for them to control. They could put the quash and the kibosh on it, move everyone that's a threat to concentration camps, and then continue to make the lovely world that Larry Fink wants. Just like Lahaina. Now, did Larry burn Lahaina? No, no one's saying that. Do you make a phone call to have it burned? No, no, no. That's all speculation. No one's saying that. I don't even think that's true. You know, I'm just saying he could if he wanted to. See, that's the problem. That kind of power that you could if you wanted to, that's the scary thing. Don't you think some of them would want to have that land in Lahaina? Don't you think they want to use the Hawaiian Island as one of their playgrounds while they keep everyone else out? Do you think that when I, I learned a big lesson at the Maui Writers Conference when I saw that all the people that were agents and managers and published authors and publishers and all that, how they would schmooze on, on all the students there, all the people that went there to try to better themselves. It was their money that was used to throw parties for these people and their spoiled brat children to give them a vacation and they never had any 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 inkling of helping anyone because they hate, they hated the uh, 
participants of the Maui Writers Program. They hated all the wannabe writers. They hated them all, but they wanted that vacation in Maui, didn't they? And they wanted to schmooze with each other. They didn't want the riffraff in, didn't they? So I had to learn something about, you know, oh no, I, I put them on notice prophetically and they collapsed. They went belly up. One of the most important writers' conferences in the world went very highly sought after. Oh, Maui, you kidding? The Grand Wailea Hotel and all the, the, the pools and all the, oh God, yeah. You know, and it's all paid for by these uh, wannabes who are, you know, you don't have to help them. Just, just be there at the, you know, listen to them, listen to their stupid pitches, their stupid stories, and then go enjoy, you know, the rest of the day with your family and your friends and your, your Mai Tais and your, uh, you know, your, your Zoom Zoom around the pool trying to pick up the other guy's wife. Go ahead. Enjoy. But know this. God's on to you, man. Fate is on to you. Karma is on to you. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow, guaranteed. And uh, so, just putting the world on notice, you know, you pull any more of this Maui shit, and you're you, you just you're just digging your own grave. You know, Klaus Schwab, all the rest of you, Kobe beef in Bali, the Bali government completely selling out. No, I'm not going to Bali anymore. Bali is ruined. Bali is basically a concentration camp waiting to happen. That's another playground for the ultra. You know, they want to go to Bali, right? They want to go to Maui. They want to go to, uh, you know, the, you know, in some cases they want to go to New Zealand. They want to go to, uh, you know, private islands in the Caribbean, They, you know, and, and the, the seashells and the, the Maldives and wherever else to set up their little fiefdoms while they uh, run the world with their phones. Yeah, we're going to be, you know, pulling into uh, San Francisco. It would be wonderful if the city wasn't there anymore. Don't worry. We'll, we'll make it happen for you. Anything for you. But please keep those checks coming. We're starving here. You know, in, in, we need, you know, money. Please, billionaires, come bail us out, please. Oh, Okay. Mmm, yes. Slavery never looks so good. Do you think Mauiites will become self-reliant? I doubt it. I think they're weakened by the, uh, by the, by the deal with the devil. I think they'll beg for money, and I think there's going to be concerts for Maui. It's going to be like Save Tibet or Save the Whales or whatever else the... Uh, they're going to do? No, I say the left, uh, but, but I, I don't even, when they say the right, they mean white supremacist and racist. That's not, I'm not on the right then. I'm not on the right, and uh, I'm not on the left. I'm not in between either. I'm, I have no part of any of it. I'm completely separate from it. But I can tell you what they're doing, just like the Republicans are weak and stupid, uh, the left are, you know, they're basically they're basically power mad and drunk on money. You know, they were always the people that had the money. They were always the people that ran the kid. They were always the people that oppressed the poor. And yet the poor votes for them every time. Isn't that... I mean, so who's to blame? Who's to blame, man? 
that, look, they think they're going to get a universal income and that, that they'll get something for their allegiance, even if they don't work. And that's kind of what they're testing out at COVID. And so they're, they're, they're piling in. To, to It's very popular. And they think, you know, they're, they're saving the world for, you know, human rights. But uh, anybody that I would say, well, we'll just put it this way. Anybody that is just wanting to have their life, whatever it is, you know, uh, would be damned. It's only joining the collective and conforming that will get you the, uh, that, that they're motivated because they feel there's money there. That's, that's the motivator. And so, once again, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? The Hawaiians love the money more than they love themselves, more than they love their families. They love the money. The money from the corrupt West. Now, looking back on it, you'd say, well, we should have never let the West in. Oh, exactly. You should have never let them build a hotel there. You should have just kept your island, kept people off of it, and you know, had a, a, a fairly closed society if you wanted to preserve. I know that's too conservative, but if you wanted to preserve your way of life. You know, because the West is going to be all about, you know, Satan, money, evil, selfishness, and, you know, starving, you know, people in Lahaina that need help. Anyway, it's about it for me. I did my best. You know, that's the mic there. See, he's got a new technique now. He's get, He's got the ball going. And I've just been completely procrastinating on everything I'm trying to do. Okay, well, I got something that Rich Keltner wanted me to bring out. It was a song that we had a long time ago. Anyway, glad you're there. Glad you've dropped in the chat room. I just want to, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I, I just, I don't know. I, I get very uncomfortable when I talk about my own past. You know, I, I don't. But you see, the reason I talk about it is because there's people out there trying to, trying to counter fuckers that lie. You know, they try to make it like, uh, you know, I'm exaggerating or something when I'm actually the whole reason for anything public about it is because I'm trying to heal and survive and, and integrate. And, and, and I still can't get over it. I, I just can't get over what I've seen. It's so evil, I, I can't get over it. But uh, I'm just not the kind of person that, you know, I mean, I'm just not going to let them kick me out and kick me down and just make up a bunch of lies and go on like they're the, you know, saints, you know, when they're not. And, you know, I've got a right to heal. I have a right to the truth. The truth. And all I want to tell on my own story is the truth. That's it. That's it. Just the truth. Even if it makes me not look so great. Just that. I'd rather have the truth and not look good rather than a lie. And, you know, and, you know they have to do lies because they can't talk about what they do in secret. All right. So here's, here's what happens when you um, don't go along. I'm going to the corner. We'll see you next time. Find some God bless. Hey, watch for the prayer the group. God bless. I'm going to the edge. Find other people that fled from me.
a time before. He belongs to every race, every creed, and every color. And we're going to do everything in our power to prevent it. I'm going to the corner store. Find some rope to hang for. Some rope to hang from.